name's Nicole. I'm Brenna. I'm Reed. And this is FitClick. podcast where we talk about fan fiction each week each one of us brings one fic to the table um nick what is your fic for this week my fic for this week is called this is not a dream by aguagates it is a bts fic and it is Taehyung jimin read my fic is dreaming through the decades by the apple pie lifestyle it's a mcu fic and it's steve tony brenna mm-hmm. That's my name. Um, my fic is The Denial Twist by Be The Change. It is a BuzzFeed unsolved fic, and it is Shane Ryan. Yes. So before we get into those fics in depth, as we do on this show, we did want to talk to you all a little bit about the beautiful, underrated, delightful, wonderful, all that jazz process, concept of commenting on fanfiction. Wow. Uh, here at FitClick, we are huge stands <laughs> of commenting on people's work. Um, it's valuable. It's wonderful. It's lovely. Um, and we saw that there is an initiative going on right now in fandom called <laughs> <laughs> FanficoRimo. It's like a play on NaNoWriMo. It's Fanfic Comment Writing Month. Yay! Woo! So the challenge as presented by, um, we're on the blog right now, Um, (laughs) .tumblr.com, of course, uh, is to comment on every fanfic you read and enjoy in the month of January. We're like halfway through when this episode releases, so if you enjoyed fic this month, go back and comment on it if you didn't, and for the rest of the month. Yeah, we wanted to talk a little bit about like comments that we've left, um, because I know personally, there are many times where I'll read a fic and I'm like, well, this is phenomenal. Like, I definitely want to say something to the author. And then it's sort of a thing where I just keep it up in a tab in my computer for a very long time. And I'm like, boy, I sure will find the time to leave a comment eventually. And like, sometimes I do, but not always. Um, which I say so that if you are one of those people also, don't feel guilty. We all do it. Um, but also it is nice to sort of get a push that's like, oh, you know, authors really do appreciate comments. Um, even if they're very short, just something that's a little acknowledgement, like, hey, I liked your writing. Um, so that's kind of why we wanted to put a little spotlight on this. I will say this is not us being like, you must comment <laughs> on every piece of fan fiction you read. Like, that is the challenge. And that'd yeah. be amazing if you did it. But like, I am never gonna achieve that. Like, <laughs> there's so many things I read that I don't comment on. And I'd like to comment more. But like, I think that's my goal for this month is just to comment more and to comment on the ones I mean to comment on Mm. instead of leaving them open as tabs. And then sometimes I'll do a thing where I add them back to my uh, marked for later (laughs) (laughs) so I can find them again to comment on them. And then I just, I just never do. They just sit there for a long time. So being more proactive in the moment, I think is my personal goal. Increase the ratio. Yeah. Yeah. My big goal, I'm pretty good on my laptop, but when I'm on my phone, I'm way worse at commenting, and I've been reading a lot more fic on my phone lately, <laughs> which does not bode well for my <laughs> commenting percentage. So that's my goal for this month. I also find personally that I am um, usually more inclined to comment when, like, it's a shorter fic because mm. it's easier for me to leave a succinct comment versus, like, when I read something very long or something that's had, like, a really deep impact on me, I want to leave an equally meaningful comment. And sometimes I do, but I think what I am sort of realizing is, like, it is better to leave some comment rather than none. 
So even if I don't get, you know, the time or energy to leave um, a nine paragraph comment about everything that I loved in the fic, even a short one for a very long fic is still better, I think. So that's going to be one of my goals is to uh, not hold myself to leaving like the grandest comment that I want to leave. Because I think it feels good to say something, even if it's not exactly every point you wanted to make. You exactly. Know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but on that trend, we thought it might be fun to read out a couple of comments we've left just as like getting us in the mood to leave some more comments, (laughs) like getting inspired. We're not here to sort of lecture you on comment writing or to teach a seminar on how to write the perfect (laughs) comment. Although if you're interested, let us know. That could be a future Patreon exclusive. (laughs) 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 But for now, we thought it might be fun to just read out a few, get us all sort of in the mood to write some more comments, get inspired, and like also to sort of remember the range of comments we can leave. Like a short comment can be fun, a longer comment can also be fun um but there's no sort of like requirement to like what what a comment has to look like Mm -hmm. so one comment that i wanted to read out that i have left reads this is a fun concept and i have to tell you i fully lost it at the tag about not inventing fantasy screamo so good and such an incredibly funny concept a plus one of the comments that i left that's a little bit on the shorter side reads Hi, I just want to say this fic was so funny and so great, and I really loved it. JT's dry sense of humor leads to some absolutely incredible lines, especially when he's doing some self-reflecting. There are so many wonderful moments, but, quote, it feels like he forgot how to have eyes, end quote, (laughs) took me out, TBH, in addition to the thoroughbred of the day calendar comment. This just perfectly captures their dynamic and is such a fun read. Um, here's one from a little while ago, but I thought it was succinct and to the point. <laughs> it says, excited dolphin noises. I've been waiting for things to be written about these two. Thank you lots for doing it and doing it so well. Their tender idiocy brings me so much joy. I stand by that. <laughs> <laughs> so we hope that that gave you some inspiration, some passion, some excitement Um, to set your own goal around commenting this month, whether it is the challenge set out by Fefeko Raimo, um, or it's your own challenge that you want to create for yourself based on what you know about your own habits. So get out there, comment on some fic, let some authors know you appreciate them doing a bunch of work for free about things that you love. Yeah. a particularly special episode and Brenna do you want to tell us why yes Reed I would love to talk about why this episode is special um (laughs) this episode is my birthday episode when we're recording this my birthday is two days from now by the time it comes out my birthday will have been a while ago (laughs) that's your puzzle for the day listeners (laughs) Um, but you should still wish Brenna some congratulations anyway. Yeah, it's birthday. It is, and it's a very <laughs> special one, Nicole. Do you know why? I don't. Okay, let me tell you. <laughs> I actually do, but I would okay. like to hear it from yeah, you. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Um, it's very special because according to the official written bylaws of the internet, mm-hmm. I am now, as of this episode coming out, a hag. Woo! This is a fun new life step for you, I, I think. I know, it I'm really so is. I'm feeling more mature, mm-hmm. um, more disciplined i think mm. um more centered in my life goals and purpose um One being of- a hag sounds amazing <laughs> yeah it is and i think that's what people don't realize about it <laughs> Like All the perks and benefits one of your life goals is to find a nice hut in a bog and move in yeah mm-hmm. it's gonna be great i think once so. i graduate 
from the hag school. Yeah, yeah. So. Baby hag. I'm currently a baby hag. It sounds like an oxymoron, but it's not. It's just facts. Um, anyway, after that <laughs> incomprehensible conversation, <laughs> I would also like to mention that because it's my birthday, um, we're doing a themed episode about one of my very favorite tropes, dream sharing. Um, so I think before we get into the fix themselves, we're going to take a little bit of time to talk about that trope, how we define it, what it means to us, why we like it, um, and all that jazz. I think one of the things that was really fun for me in reading the fix for this week is we all picked, like, immediately, you're like, I want, for my theme, I want it to be dream sharing. We all immediately went, okay, I know what fic I want to pick. Um, and all of them executed the trope really differently and really well. Um, but I think that's something that's really fun about the trope is that, like, there are a lot of different ways to do it. And I like that our fix feel kind of spread across the board in terms of, like, how that variety can work. I think some tropes imply plot. So, like, fake relationship, you assume one character is in a situation where they need to ask another character to, like, fake date them. And then while they're fake dating, there's all these realizations of feelings and there's pining. And then they either break up or they figure it out before they break up. Like, right, there's there's a trajectory you expect it to go down. But I don't feel like I've ever noticed that necessarily with dream sharing as a whole. I think each individual story has its own spin, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I really like like the nuances you can take with dream sharing. I think all three of our fix present these small differences that end up mattering a lot to um, the characters and to the plot and how the story plays out. And I think that that's just a really interesting example of how a trope can be used really effectively in different ways. Um, this has just always been one of my favorite tropes. I... I'm someone who really likes hearing about other people's dreams, so I often find it fun to see what authors can come up with in that regard. Um, one of the reasons my choice for this week was my choice is because I think the dreams are some of the most fun and inventive I've seen in a dream sharing fic. Um, I also just really like the concept of that being a space that you can share with someone else. That's not something we have at all in the real world, you know? Um, so I think that's that's just like a concept that really appeals to me. Um, and I think I like allowing characters that sort of like open liminal space in which to figure out their relationship or themselves. Um, and I like the sort of back and forth that a lot of dream sharing fix have between that space that feels more open and freeing often or pushing them towards some realization and then the more grounded reality um, and sort of having to face the same things in both spaces is something that really appeals to me. I was literally just thinking about the word liminal space. Um. It's, I feel like it's a very you word. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like it a lot. I like the concept. Um, I think the dreams in the fic that you picked, Bren, like you were saying, are a little bit like weirder. They're more out there um, versus I think the fic, the dreams in the fics that Nick and I picked are a little bit more grounded. And I feel like that is a fun thing because like liminal spaces, I feel like when that trope is used in fics are also can range a lot between like really, really weird and unreal versus like just a slight step off reality. Um, and I like the way that that came true in these dream sharing fix. So my pick for this episode is called This Is Not a Dream by Aguacates. It is a BTS fic. It is Taehyung Jimin. It is beautiful and made me so soft. And it really is in my heart. Um, as soon as Bren said that this was going to be her theme, I knew, like, immediately this was the fic that I wanted to bring. It 
does a trope inversion on a trope that often doesn't even have a baseline necessarily, so I consider that very impressive. It is a story in which Taehyung and Jimin, for part of it, are sharing dreams, and you find out through some of the exposition, the dialogue, the conversations, that in this world, you share dreams with someone when you are in requited love, essentially. And in this fic, one of the biggest conceits that we read and experience and feel emotions about is that there are moments in the fic where they are either not dreaming together and never have or are no longer dreaming together. Um, so it takes you on a bit of a roller coaster. It's really beautiful. The general message of this fic is very much about loving yourself and loving other people unselfishly and building your life into the thing that you want it to be, which really connected with me. I loved it. I do not have any content warnings to share for this. Go read the tags, check it out. Um, nothing super alarming that I noticed while I was reading. Content warning, I was so soft and sad the whole time! Oh, but in a good way. Oh, but in the best way. Um, This fic just ruined me. I know that's not a new thing. I know I've said that before on <laughs> this pod. Um, oh, bingo square, am I right, lad? <laughs> yeah. um, I think part of the reason that this fic made me as uh, tender as it did is because it is so understanding with Young, who for so much of the fic is really just like, I don't want to say struggling to find himself, although that is a little bit it, but he, Young really goes through a lot in a very relatable way. He's at a job that he like doesn't like, but he's also worked very hard to be there and he doesn't want to leave that for instability and something else, even if it might make him happier. And he's um, struggling sometimes, I think, to love himself and at times struggling to figure out why Jimin loves him um, when he's in a really difficult place in his life. Um, but also he gives so much of himself like to his friends and to Jimin um, in a way that I thought was like really beautiful. Um, the friendships in this fic were so, so lovely. They were so present. Um, I think one of the biggest things about this fic is just that love overflows from it in every single direction um, in a way that was just so well done and just... Oh, Nick, it made me so soft. I wept through half of this, <laughs> is my most candid comment. Um, but in, like, a really good way. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't at all, like, sad tears. It was, like, wholesome tears. I don't know if that makes any sense at all. It was, like, Tay was so loved by everyone in this fic that I was just, like, weeping. Um, <laughs> but I think, like, one of the things that was really profound to me about it is how unselfish all of the relationships were not just between Jimin and Tay but between their friends and them as well um okay I don't want to just say the thing Nick says sometimes which is like friendship gets shafted and kicked <laughs> for romantic relationships um it does it does <laughs> but I think also sometimes even in fics where friendship is very present and I think that happens in a lot of BTS fics because mm -hmm. there's sort of seven people you're trying to fit in here um sometimes it almost feels like because the romantic love has to be so soft and sweet and nice that the like platonic friendship love is less so. Mm -hmm. And I think this fic did a really, really lovely job of showing how like deep and true the friendship love could be as well. And like what links and like how open they could be towards Tay. Um, 
One of the most gutting moments for me was um, Ortez just really struggling because he, um, spoilers, he falls out of love with Jimin and he feels like really guilty about it and he's over with Namjoon and he notes that like Namjoon is someone who doesn't usually freely give physical affection um, and Namjoon just sort of like pulls Tay to his side and it breaks Tay a little bit because he's like, it's so difficult to accept this from Namjoon knowing what it means to him, but that was such like a an open moment of love, like you were saying, and it was one of the most devastating parts of the fic, I think. Yeah, I had made a little note about that actually at the very beginning, because one of the first scenes we see are a couple of the other, like, BTS members, a couple of Tay's other friends in this fic, um, giving him these small, like, moments of affection quote from Jimin and Namjoon is one of the people who does that and I sort of made a note being like oh isn't it so so like isn't it so soft that's Namjoon who like doesn't give affection easily who's doing this for Tay and then I really like that the fit came back to that and made that point that like Tay knows this yeah one of the central points of the plot of this fic is that Jimin's job is that he is traveling around the world he's like a travel journalist essentially um, and he and Taehyung are physically apart for almost the entire story. So there are points where the other boys are passing affection onto him. Um, but the way that the dream sharing works is that if you are sharing a bed with someone, you do not dream with them regardless. But if you are in love with someone and you are apart, then you can share dreams. So there is a lot of this story where they're separated and spending their dreams together. When they touch in these dreams, they, they can't feel it. So this fic does try to develop its own system and understanding of dreams in a way that I thought was really neat, where you can touch someone, but you can't fully feel it. There's moments where um, Jimin is running his fingers through Tay's hair, and he's like, yeah, it's comforting, but I can't like feel it. Um, and I thought that was particularly impactful, um, because there's points where Taehyung notes that because he's spending all of these hours asleep with Jimin, despite the fact that he's across the world... Uh, Jimin is actually the person he spends the most time with, even though it is this weird, colorless, liminal space in which they are being together. Wow, a metaphor on togetherness. <laughs> also, another devastating part of this fic is that um, Jimin's been gone for, I think it's three years, and um, a bunch of them are at Jungkook's birthday party, and Jimin comes back as a surprise, and Tay like, Loses it, obviously, um, and is really happy to see him. And Jimin tells him that he's going to be home for about a month and a half. And sort of at the end of that time, he says to Tay, he's like, like I said, I, I told myself I wouldn't ask you this, but I have to ask it anyway. Um, like, will you come with me? Will you quit your job and come travel with me? And Tay is like, I love you, but no. Um, which, oh God, it was such a good choice by the author. Yeah. And... I, th I think it's shortly after that is when Taehyung stops dreaming with him, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a few months after that. The fic is told A chronologically and it jumps around months and years a lot. Um, so I kept, I found myself kept like scrolling back to sort of keep myself mm -hmm. uh, vaguely centered in the timeline, but it was done very well. Like mm -hmm. the A chronology I think worked really well, but yeah, it was just such a, such a choice that I really liked, but also, ow, it hurt. One of the things I don't think we've mentioned yet, but is really central to this fic, is so we've mentioned that Jimin is away for most of it and that they aren't uh, physically together. But one of the central aspects to the premise of this fic is the fact that Jimin 
falls in love with Tay like two months after he leaves isn't like a surprise the reader finds out later on in the fic. You know that pretty much from the beginning. I think it's in the first few paragraphs Mm -hmm. that you learn this. So it's very central to the fic and what it's doing. Um, I think the way that it develops throughout it and how it, it, interwoven into the other sort of important things that happen between them is really smart and I think it just sets the slight like difference a slight edge to their relationship that wouldn't be there in a lot of fix and like I think a lot of times they would have fallen in love before they were like confronted with the mm-hmm. fact that they were leaving and I think it's such an interesting choice to have it happen after Jimin leaves and to sort of watch what that does to them as individuals who know that they're not going to see each other for quite a long time and I think it also does a really good job of being realistic about their lives like that they are these like young 20-somethings who aren't just going to uproot and like fly across the world because like this is fan fiction but it's also like pretty grounded I think. Mm. Tay has a lot of like real fears about his job and what he's going to do with his life that are I think highly relatable as like a post-college millennial. Um, Some would say too real. Too real, (laughs) yeah. But I I really liked that. I liked that it it didn't give either of them like an easy out. You know, Mm -hmm. they had to really like work for it. Um, And I think that makes the end and them sort of coming back together even more satisfying. Yeah, when they first start dreaming together um, in the chronology of the fic, so the, the start of the timeline, where um, after Jimin has left, they start they start sharing dreams. They don't even realize that they are sharing dreams in like the quote unquote soulmate way uh, until the third night, as they're slowly figuring out what it actually means that they are dreaming together Tae like has this huge realization um, and the line is Young is so surprised he wakes up which I really loved I thought that was neat um, and then he and Jimin talk on the phone for a bit right afterwards um, and so there is this additional layer of like that's another way in which they can communicate but not fully share the same space touch each other like yeah, I think that conversation good. though between them right after Tay wakes up, I think is so good. Yeah, because it could have been like this really like sort of soft, like sweet thing between them where they're like, "Oh, we're in love," and yeah. instead like Tay is like pretty mad at Jimin. Yeah, um, and I, I think it's just like really excellent. I loved his reaction to it. I felt like it was so, um, like visceral, and I just like the moments in this fic where. Even though, like, they are in love and it feels very romantic and intimate, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel, like, overly, like, saccharine. <laughs> like, yeah. like there's even a moment later where I was like, this should be sappy, but, like, it's not. And so yeah. I'm, like, fully in it and, like, I believe in their love. Well, I think that's because um, Vimin, as they are colloquially known, they are soulmates. Yes. Just in the canon of life. God <laughs> of does ship them. God does ship them. So, um, you know. They are just so much when they are together that it... it it disgusts me. There's no contesting it. <laughs> there's no contesting it. There's um, there's a line in the fic, um, so it's in that sort of period where Taeyong has fallen out of dreaming with Jimin, and he's being consoled by Jungkook, who in this fic is Arrow Ace. Um, it doesn't ever really explicitly say that, but it does a lot to imply mm-hmm. that's what it is. Um, and Jungkook is kind of consoling him and saying, like, you two will always be together in some way like you will always like love each other like you fit together you're meant for one another even if you're not in love with him um and the fic reads at the heart of it Taeyong knows Jungkook is right Jimin has always loved him unselfishly even when he wasn't in love with him Jimin isn't selfish 
He loves so big and wide, and so goddamn much of him belongs to Taeyong and will always belong to Taeyong, just like so much of Taeyong will always belong to him. Mm. And that really just feels like, I think, for me, like, the thesis of their relationship, not just in this fic, but just in general. <laughs> um, because, yeah, they just, they just are soulmates. One thing I wanted to talk about briefly about this fic that I think was my biggest takeaway from it is how skillfully uh, the author reveals like big things about the plot and about the thick and about the characters in these really small moments um it was something i noticed like really early on about it and i was like shit this author's really good at that <laughs> yeah like we learn we know jimin isn't there like isn't in korea with tay we don't learn that through just straight up exposition we learn it because of tay's thoughts about jimin and i think it was such a nice moment really early on that I sort of started to note all these other times that the author did a similar thing. And I think the biggest one for me um, is later on when Tay is talking to Jungkook and we that's how we learn that Tay stopped dreaming with Jimin. Mm. Not because Jimin and Tay talk about it, not because Tay sort of like tells us. Um, it's because Jungkook tells us because he's talking to Tay about it as just a very matter of fact thing that they all know has happened. Mm -hmm. And I think that those little moments work so effectively and they feel so precisely chosen and I think work really well with the A chronology as well. Um, and I was just really like struck by how masterfully they were woven in and how I think using moments like that also made a fic that's somewhat on the shorter side, it's like 13K-ish, mm -hmm. um, feel really expansive and feel yeah. like a really lived-in world, I think. And I was just really, like, touched by how the author did that. It was lovely. And in this fic, dreaming is not presented as the be-all, end-all of, like, the life experience. Um, it's a cool thing. Uh, it's, it's fun and nice, and I enjoyed reading about it, but... It's not like at no point does Jungkook go on like a, a very dramatic monologue about how he's so devastated he'll never get to dream with anyone. Like he seems fine with it. <laughs> he's totally chilling through this whole thing. Yeah, he's yeah. great. Um, and I think that reflects really well a lot of the points this fic seems to be trying to make about love. Because there's the point where toward the beginning, right, where they start dreaming together for the first time. And Tay essentially is like, how did you know? And Jimin is like, I don't know the exact, like, I, he couldn't think of the exact moment where he had, quote unquote, fallen in love. He doesn't know what the tipping point was. He just said, oh, I was thinking about you a lot today. Um, and then further down the line, when they stop dreaming together, um, Taehyung and Jimin are talking to each other. Um, and Taehyung says, I love you. Please believe me. When they have not been dreaming together. So, like, what does that say about? the dreams and how much stock we put in them. Like there's, there's not this indication that I think we sometimes do see with fix about soulmates where the, the, the trope that the soulmate dumb hinges on is seen as the thing, the be all, the end all, the, the proof. Whereas in this fic, that's really not the case. It's auxiliary almost. Um, and way, way down the line when they're together and they've sort of solved their issues, they're in a steady, solid relationship. Good job, boys. <laughs> um, they've been sleeping in the same bed for a very long time and they spend one night apart and they do dream together. But it's not like, oh my God, thank God we're dreaming together. It's like, oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> nice but to it, see you here. Yeah, but you get the sense that even if they hadn't, it wouldn't 
like ruin or negatively impact their relationship necessarily because they feel steady and secure and happy with what they have and what they've built and the people that they've become apart and together. I think this book puts a lot of emphasis on like coming into your own Mm -hmm. and like realizing who you are. And I think that in this fic, like romantic love and friendship love are part of that. But Mm -hmm. part of that is just your own personal growth as well, I think. And I think it does a really nice job of sort of allowing the dreams to happen in a time where both Jimin and Taeyang are ready for it um, and are in that space for it to happen. And I think that's sort of going off what you're saying about like, it's not just going to be like this instant like soulmate thing that happens because that's the rules of the universe. Um, And I kind of like that it doesn't put them in dreams when one of them isn't in love, you know, like it's, it's very sort of like, organic with how they're able to get there and I think that reflects really nicely on the points that the uh, fic is making about what it means to sort of grow up and like grow into yourself and realize what makes you happy like outside of romantic love as well can I read a part from the fic that just my my comment is just ruin me fine I guess in all caps um, <laughs> you must go ahead um uh, so it starts with Tay saying I think Without you, directly or indirectly, I wouldn't have become who I am. I would have killed the real Taeyong, just let him die. Jimin takes in a sharp breath. I love him. I know. Taeyong touches his forehead to Jimin's, and he has to squeeze his eyes shut for a second. I do too, he says, which is the hardest and most beautiful thing he has ever been able to say. Oh. Again, just ruin me. three Suraguakatsus, please. My heart is so fragile. I am just one fit-click host. <laughs> So uh, This Is Not a Dream is a fic in which, yeah, you share dreams when you're in love with someone, but guess what? You're still a worthwhile person, even if you don't. Wow. I think that's beautiful. Thank you for taking the very prevalent theme in BTS's music of loving yourself and putting it into written word form. Truly what fanfiction was always meant to do. So my fic is Dreaming Through the Decades by The Apple Pie Lifestyle. As I said before, it's a Marvel Steve Tony fic. Um, There aren't really any content warnings for this fic either. Um, It is obviously a dream-sharing fic. It's also a soulmate's fic. So unlike Nick's, which um, the author, like, in the tags was like, this is not a soulmate's AU, but (laughs) demon are just soulmates. Um, Mine is explicitly also a soulmate's AU. Um, where, surprise, when you're soulmates, you share dreams. What? Who would have guessed it? (laughs) Um, It's not exactly explicitly stated in the fic, but I think the intention is that you dream together up until the point where you meet in real life. Um, But uh, that gets a little complicated when, spoilers for Marvel canon, one (laughs) character's born in 1918 and the other one's born in 1970. Um, Yeah, so... (laughs) I'm just impressed at your knowledge. Oh, I looked it up. (laughs) Oh, I I looked it up yesterday. Okay. Or this morning. Good research. Yes. So when the fic opens, um, Tony and Steve, like, pretty quickly realize, like, something's a little different. Like, they're they're too young to be sharing dreams or, like, they're younger than any recorded, um, like, history of anyone else, like, dream sharing this young. And, uh, yeah, then pretty quickly realize that they are separated by many, many, many decades. Um, and 
One of the things about this fic, um, sort of when we were talking about the different ways that dream sharing is structured, um, one of the elements of this fic that I really loved is that uh, byproduct, not only of the fact that they're removed by time, but also because um, Steve, like, quote-unquote dies, you know, he goes into the ice and gets suspended for 60-something years. Um, Because Steve is, like, his sort of, like, lifespan in the 20s is shorter than Tony's, they start dreaming um, at different rates. So Tony will go, like, a year between dreams, whereas Steve will only have, like, three months past. So they're aging at different rates, like, within the dreams, and they're dreaming at different times um, and sort of, like, seeing their lives play out separately. Um, And, you know, they're both pretty convinced that they're never going to meet. And then, surprise, they do! Um, because this is fan fiction, and I mostly read fan fiction that has at least a somewhat uplifting ending. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think this fic for me is one of my most reread Steve Tony fics. Um, it came out in 2016, and this author is a pretty big name in the Steve Tony fandom. They've written a lot, um, especially sort of if you were in that like 2012 Tower fic era. Uh, this fic feels very much like it could have been written in 2012. Um, it sort of takes place obviously like before the Avengers movie and then up until that movie um, is the canon that it sort of operates in, although it pulls some of its bits from the comics and just sort of like plays around with things. Um, But yeah, I love this author a lot. I love this fic a lot. Um, I really enjoyed on a reread getting the information, even though I sort of already knew it, I really, again, like really came to appreciate the way that information is distributed, the sort of world building that this author did, I liked the choices that they made with their dream sharing. Like I said, the fact that they dream at different rates was really cool to me. Um, and I, you know, I'm always a sucker for a good Steve Tony story. Stony till I die. Yeah. Baby. Nick, how'd you feel about this fit? God, I love Stony. You sure do. You're the number one stan on this I am. podcast. I've never loved a pairing more than I've loved Stony. You can <laughs> quote me on that. On my gravestone. No, please don't. <laughs> my family would be so sad. <laughs> They're stucky ship. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> jokes, jokes. Um, no, this is a very fun fic. Um, I am someone who doesn't spend a lot of time thinking about Marvel, honestly. I see You are stony till you die, but you yeah, just yeah, don't yeah. think about Marvel. I'm only stony till I die in like very small pockets of time. <laughs> like I'm always just inherently underlyingly stony till I die, but I'm rarely just like regular stony. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm the kind of fan who, like, will go to see a movie in theaters and then forget about it almost immediately after, or be like, that was neat, or like, that was just okay, and then I move on. So all of the Marvel fic I've ever read pretty much has been for the show. (laughs) Oh, just not a ton. But this was fun. I liked it. I, as someone who, again, is not always thinking about Marvel, um, or even often thinking about Marvel, it took me way too long to realize that it did not make sense for them to be kids at the same time <laughs> with their normal backstories <laughs> like i when when they finally realized the dates were off i was like oh my god <laughs> i can't believe this um even though steve was like yeah i'm gonna like go see my mom or whatever and like my friend bucky like pre-war i'm very sickly um <laughs> i'm the sickly yeah Manhattan. and like obviously tony was not alive Brooklyn? back then Brooklyn. Yeah, he's, he's, he's just a kid from Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Please. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Sorry. Please. I'm so sorry. 
Sickliest boy in Brooklyn. Yeah. So (laughs) I thought that was really neat. I really liked the way that it did that. I thought it was interesting because it is a thing that in a lot of cases only fan fiction can do where once I got that, I was like, okay, I know some things. Um, Because as they were getting closer and closer, I was like, ah, I see how this is going to work. He's going to go in the ice and then he's going to wake up and then they're going to meet years and years later. Wow. Uh, Which I obviously would not have been able to deduce if this were work of original fiction that was not already predicated on all of these movies that already exist and comics that existed before the movies so i thought that was really fun to be able to see it through a lens of like i know how this is going to end but i don't know how we're going to get there um and i think that's a lot of how fic feels sometimes for me of like okay i know this and by this i mean the ending you can't see my hand motion i was gesturing (laughs) toward the end of the fic um but i don't know what is going to happen to get us there and i also don't know what bits of character study of like plot analysis of fix it we're going to linger on on the way there did you like it brenda (sighs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) no i definitely i i enjoyed this fic um yeah i have read this before i realized once i actually opened it and and i was like hmm this feels familiar and then once i started reading it, i was like oh yeah i've definitely read this at least once if not twice already previously (laughs) i think maybe i had forgotten i read it once before and then reread it (laughs) Um, I thought it was fun. Like, it's, it says what it is on the box, I guess. (laughs) Like, you know what you're getting with it, which I don't think is a bad thing with fan fiction. Like, sometimes I want to be surprised, but sometimes I really just, like, want to get what I want. Like, it's, it's like if I order, like, a pizza, I don't want to be served, like... Crepes. Crepes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I'm happy I got the pizza in this instance, when that is, in fact, what I ordered. (laughs) (laughs) What what a beautiful metaphor. Brooklyn style. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> anyway, um, no, I th- I thought it was really fun. I um, I thought it did a really good job, like choosing what the dreams are. I like the moments where we sort of start um, because of like their different timelines. Steve keeps having dreams regularly, where Tony start getting spaced out longer and longer between mm-hmm. each dream. Um, I thought that was done really well. I liked how the author handled that. Um, one thing I was just thinking about as Nick was talking and that I'd sort of thought about while we were discussing the previous fic. And so I think it's interesting to look at how this fic functions so much by relying on us knowing how it turns out. Um, the fact that, like, we know, okay, but at some point, like, Steve will go into the ice, Steve will wake up, Steve will join the Avengers. Like, we can sort of rely on, like, those facts to happen, and that informs a lot of how we understand the facts previously. And I was thinking about how that's interesting because this comes from a fandom where canon is so like concrete in some of its points and so well known as well these aren't like like minute details pulled from canon Mm -hmm. where someone might have like forgotten about it these are like (laughs) sort of like the biggest points it's like yeah it's kind of hard to miss that like captain america like was in the ice for 70 years yeah. or whatever. If you're reading Stony Fic, you've probably seen the Avengers. <laughs> you probably know who Captain America is, is all I'm saying. Sure. Um, but I thought that was interesting in comparison to, um, in comparison to This Is Not a Dream, because there isn't really any canon in that fic. Not only is it RPF, but it's a slightly alternate universe, so they're not 
in BTS in that fic. They're just hanging out like regular 20-something-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of the achronology, it sort of also mimics this effect where we know something before it happens mm-hmm. and how that affects like what we read later on. Yeah. And I was just thinking how that's something that we see so often in fan fiction. And I think it's interesting that in some fics, that's just built in because of the nature of canon and the story you're telling and how in others, the author works to sort of mimic that feeling Mm. through style when like, it's not already there because of like the subject or the premise. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, I think something that was kind of fun for me too, is that like, like you both were just saying, you know, we know what's going to happen, but obviously like they don't. So there's like a dream where uh, Steve goes, there's a war on and Tony's stomach just sort of drops because as it says, like he's been thinking about it since he learned about the war in history class a decade ago. And so Tony's been having all of these dreams for so many years, just sort of like building up all of this worry over when World War II is going to happen. And, you know, as a reader, you're like, great. I know that Steve gets through, he enlists, he becomes Captain America, all of these things. But Tony's just sitting there like, surely they won't let you enlist or like whatever, all of these things. Like he's so like, Tony doesn't know how it turns out. Um, and I think that's probably also one of the reasons that I've read this fic so much is because y'all know that I love Tony so much. <laughs> and it's, um, while this is not like a particularly like devastatingly sad fic, I do get sad over like how much the fic comments on the fact that like Tony goes through so much of his life, first of all, thinking his soulmate dies before he ever meets him, but also just sort of like, um, waiting for the times that he gets to dream with Steve because, like we've said, like, Steve gets them pretty frequently, um, whereas for Tony, it'll be years. And he just sort of says in those in-between years, he's working, he's drinking, he's, like, doing all these things, but he doesn't really, like, live, um, which just, you know, it makes me sad. And then in the dream is sort of, like, where he feels, like, him the most himself. And there's, like, bits where Tony's kind of like angry at the fact that this is how it turned out like it's angry he's he thinks it's unfair that a soulmate would be given to him like this with no chance of meeting and Steve says a few times like if this is all I get this is enough like this will be more than enough um and Tony's like do you really believe that and Steve's like I will I'll take this I would take this over like anything else um which is just so, oh, yeah. you know, it makes my heart feel the things. And not only does he go through all of that really difficult stuff, but um, he has a friend that calls him Tones. <laughs> I just, okay, okay, that's okay. Like, okay. That's really rough. <laughs> it's really difficult. <laughs> Tony has like one fucking friend and yeah. said friend calls, calls him, him Tones. Tones. <laughs> so it's like, how much more brutal could you right? be? Honestly. Is a sticking point for Nick? <laughs> it is. Okay, okay, okay. Listeners, Fit Click fans are, are ficlets, if you will. Please understand. I do not know and I do not remember and I do not care if this is a canon thing <laughs> in the movies. It's so bad. If someone called me Tones and my name was Tony, I would smack them. That's one of the notes I literally left as I was reading this fic. I cannot believe, even if it is canon, why would you bring it into your fic? No offense. The Apple Pie Lifestyle. This fic was a delight. That made me so angry. <laughs> Full offense to fictional roadie. That really is the most difficult thing Tony goes oh, through his whole life is, is that roadie calls him Tony. Yeah. Legitimately. Well, it is sort of rough that like Tony is so alone for so much of this fic. <laughs> yeah. And like, we know when Tony comes in, or sorry, we know when Rhodey comes into Tony's life because he even mentions it to Steve. Like, Steve knows that Rhodey is like Tony's one friend. And then, he goes and fucking call him Tone. <laughs> so, like, I don't know, man. You've got one friend. 
He's one got Pepper. He's got like friend. two. Yeah, Pepper's but we... like on his payroll though, so yeah. it's different. Also, can you confirm that Pepper does not call him Tones? Because even if she doesn't in the fic, what if off screen at some point? It's like I really write fan fiction where all that happens. No. <laughs> everyone Tony knows calls him Tones. I'm gonna write to He's Marvel like, HQ and go, uh, Marvel, can you or can you not confirm that in deleted scenes from the movies, everyone does in fact call him Tony? Every single just they have like the Avengers, but it's like it's like all the like bad guys. Like, like, you know, Thanos shows up and he's like, "Hey, Tones, <laughs> time for you to fucking die." Thanos is like the only name that he knows is Tony's, but it's Tony. <laughs> oh shoot. Uh, <laughs> Oh my god. God. So Tony goes through a lot of adversity is what we're trying to say. (laughs) A lot of adversity. One other thing that I thought was really interesting about this fic and that I find interesting about dream sharing fic in general is the way in which the consciousness chooses to present your dream self. So in this fic, as we've said before, Steve is like super sickly in the (laughs) dreams. So um, throughout that, even after he is injected with the super soldier serum. Is that how that works? He went into the big machine and went, and then he came out huge. So, yeah, thank you. I love Marvel. (laughs) Yeah. So afterwards, when he is, you know, large Chris Evans again. uh, (laughs) Not little sickly Steve. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, He shows up in the dreams still as his pre-serum self. Um, And he's a little bit disappointed. He's like, Tony, I promise my body's like super hot now. And Tony's like, I don't care. I like you like this. It's very soft. Um, There's a point where... he's like kind of like legit upset. Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) He's like, Tony, my rockin' bod. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You won't get to see it before I die. (laughs) If you had pecs like that, would you not want to show them off to your soulmate? I mean, yeah, I would. Thank you. I completely empathize with Steve. 100%. (laughs) And sympathize with Steve. (laughs) Well, there's a point, too, in in the fic where Tony dyes his hair blonde, but he shows up not blonde in the dreams as well. Um, And they start postulating a little bit about this idea that the way that you show up in the dream is how you see your truest self, Um, which I really liked. I thought that was interesting. I feel like I see that sometimes in, like, postulation about what the afterlife might be like. Mm. Uh, Speaking of, I guess liminal spaces well that's not necessarily liminal. <laughs> I love that yeah <laughs> purgatory's liminal if ghosts if ghosts ghosts just they're- a thought ghosts <laughs> they're liminal yeah but I was thinking a lot about like the way that we think about our consciousness is when we do not have a physical body necessarily to anchor them to so I guess yeah in the afterlife in, in ghostliness in dreams how do we see ourselves what does that say about like we talked about this with um the polygon fic we did a while back but like a do you have a discrete soul and then b if you do what does that discrete soul actually look like um and in this case there is this really great implication that it is more on a subconscious level, right? Even though Steve, like, really desperately wants to be big buff hottie, um, he's kind of not. <laughs> I also think, because um, in the reverse, like, so there's all of these scenes, right, where they, they don't look different. Um, but after Tony um, gets kidnapped, he's, he's in Afghanistan and he has the arc in his chest. Um, that carries with him into the dream. And he's sort of, like, he's sort of torn about it because he acknowledges that he's, like, it... He's like, yeah, of course this would follow me here. Like, I don't, mm. I think even if I got this removed, I would always feel it. Like, I would always feel the weight of it in my chest. Um, but obviously, like, that, 
unlike Steve's like big hot bod uh, transformation, like that's not a thing that like Tony chose. It's not. Yeah. No part of that is associated so with like, sexy, a good memory. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tones. <laughs> um, but I think. It's not a choice that Tony, like, wanted to bring it into the dream. It is just there. It is a consequence of, like, who he is and who he's changed into as a result of um, a consequence of all that's happened. And um, I thought that was really interesting, too, that that is the only, Mm -hmm. apart from, like, their actual (laughs) aging, that is the only physical thing about them that ever changes in the dreams. Yeah. Something that I also thought was interesting about this fic is the fact that, um, so it's two chapters, and the very end of the first chapter is uh tony getting a call from nick fury saying hey um we found steve rogers he's alive and (gasps) the two of them meeting and at first um so the dreams when they're sharing dreams they always take place in a location that is like really important to that person um for one reason or another and so when steve first wakes up he's like oh where are we and steve's Mm -hmm. like and tony's like oh like shield um, like the shield hospital wing and Steve's like oh like do you spend a lot of time here and Tony sort of realizes what he's implying he's like no Steve like this isn't this isn't an important location to me like we're together we're here mm-hmm. um and then sort of after that you know there's there's a while where Steve is just sort of like I keep expecting myself to wake up again like I keep expecting myself to be in a dream um because the end of the first chapter is the meeting and then the whole second chapter is like them actually getting to be together um and I thought it was interesting because I have felt this, I think, upon pretty much every reread where I really, really enjoy this fic. Obviously, I picked it for a reason. Um, but I do think you could read the first chapter and just sort of, like, end it there. Um, I don't think it needs, like, the concrete of mm-hmm. their lives, sort of learning to live their lives together after. Um, but there are, like, a lot of really tender moments in that, too. Um, you know, they struggle. Like, they're not all, they're not perfect at it immediately. There's a lot of awkwardness between them because they don't really know what to do with, um, the fact that the other person is there in the flesh uh, when they thought they would never get to have that. And then, like, it pulls, like, directly from the Avengers scene where Tony takes the nuke into space and he's sort of reflecting and he's like, 28 days. Like, all we had together was 28 days and I was foolish enough to think we'd get the rest of our lives. But Ugh, at least I'll brutal. get, like, at least I had this bit of time together. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it it was, like, soft and nice to see the way that they sort of learned to navigate around one another. Um faced with this reality they never thought they'd get to have. Yeah, sort of as I've said, I think part of the reason that this is one of my most reread fics is because it is comforting. It is familiar. You sort of know right from the beginning what it's going to give you, and I like the way that it was executed. I think sometimes it's nice to just come back to a fic that is, like, warm and comforting and familiar, um, where, you know, the angst is pretty light. Like, it, you know, it gets rough for Tony, but it never really gets rough for us. Um... And yeah, I just, I feel very soft about this fic and I was excited to bring it. Um, as soon as Brenna said dream sharing, I was like, yeah, I've got, I've got one that I've read a bunch. Um, so I really liked it. I'm glad you guys seem to like it too. Minus, you know, tones. tones. <laughs> oh, tones. Oh, tones. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's starting to grow on me. The more <laughs> um, and maybe it'll grow on you too. If you read this fic, dear ficlets. So our last pick for this episode is my choice. Um, it's The Denial Twist by Be The Change. It's a BuzzFeed Unsolved RPF fic. Um, it's Ryan Shane. 
It's dream sharing. What? <laughs> um, there's really no soulmate stuff going on in this one. There's not even sort of the like hint of soulmates that I think there was sort of in Nick's pick, mm-hmm. um, where it's like they're not soulmates, but like they're kind of soulmates. Yeah. Um, in a more real world sense of that term, um, there's there's no soulmatery here. It's all. <laughs> Only cryptid nonsense. It's <laughs> exactly the right type of nonsense. Yes. Yeah. I don't have any really big trigger warnings for this fic, but the thing I would mention is that there are some depictions of sort of like dream violence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so basically for this fic, it's sort of canon divergent after the Unsolved episode where they go to Point Pleasant, West Virginia to find the Mothman. Mm-hmm. Um, the pr- premise of this fic is that the Mothman does some mothly shenanigans <laughs> and causes them to dream together. Um, it takes them a while to sort of discern that this is in fact what's happening. It takes longer for Ryan to convince Shane that this is what's happening. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I think one of the things I liked about it, honestly, is that it doesn't have, like, a soulmate reason for why they're sharing dreams. Like, it's not because they're in love or they're destined to be together or anything like that. Um, there is sort of a feeling like maybe the Mothman picked them because he knew he would get some, like, good human emotions out of these dreams yeah. but it's not really like oh because he knew they were destined to be together um so i th- think it's just like fun for me to read it in a different context i feel like a lot of times dream sharing is really sort of bound up with like soulmate tropes i also love it because i think the writing is just spectacular b's portrayal of shane and ryan is one of my favorites in this fandom um consistently throughout their fic but in this one in particular i think i really love the ryan of this fic i think it's so well written um but i also just love the dreams in this they are wacky they're weird they don't make a whole lot of sense and yet they still seem to show us these sort of intrinsic things about shane and ryan that end up being really um key to their personalities. I think the first two fics we talked about this episode, um, the dreams that they share are really sort of grounded. In the uh, Steve Tony one, all the dream settings are places that are important to one of the two people. In the uh, BTS fic, they sort of dream in the same space each time, a space that they sort of created together. Um, in this fic, however, they just dream in sort of buck wild yes. scenarios. <laughs> and I honestly think that's one of my favorite thing about it. Like, mm-hmm. Me, Brenna, I really never have sort of like normal dreams. And I kind of get bored reading dreams where it's like, oh, yeah, like they're just in a room. I'm like, no, that doesn't happen. The symbolism that he went and sat on a park bench alone on a hill. It's like, no, 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 no. Give me those weird twists, those sort of jarring changes of a dream, that feeling of like, I know what this is, but it's not that because a dream isn't reality. Um, And I think this fic handles that really well and like uses that really well to its own benefit. Um, I will also say that this fic has a line that I think for me is like the thesis of all dream sharing fic, um, in which the narration goes, dreams aren't real after all, and for this reason, they are freeing. And I think that's Mm -hmm. why I like dream sharing fic so much, is Mm -hmm. it just offers the characters this freedom um, that they don't have in their real lives. And I think this fic in particular does that really, really well for me. It's on, like, this fic is like why I chose this theme. I love it! It's so good! Oh my god! Okay. (laughs) Um, Alright, Nick and Reed, what did you think of it? 
<laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's so good. Oh, just brutal. <laughs> I joke. It's so freaking good. Um, I was in Unsolved Fandom for like a while. Um, and Be the Change is absolutely one of the greats. Um, all of their stuff is so, so, so good. This fic is amazing. Um, I totally agree. Um, I think one thing that I really love about it in terms of like grounded characterizations that I noticed as I was reading that I think I don't necessarily see in other fic all the time is this like very very close intrinsic sense of like where they come from even like geographically like that first prologue chapter um the first chapter um in Shane's point of view where he is observing things just about like where they are yeah so they start out in west virginia um to hunt the mothman and they're for sport for no <laughs> for youtube <laughs> um and there's points where like they are filming and shane is feeling super self-conscious um because you know it's not the same as when they're in la and everyone is walking around with the camera vlogging because that's what you do in la um in west virginia people aren't walking around vlogging and like ryan does not care at all and shane notices that he's just like vibing and ryan's like a california boy um like that ryan doesn't even realize the way people are looking at him or maybe he doesn't care and there's a little bit of shane that's almost envious of that um that's also very hyper aware of his own like midwest upbringing um and then there is yeah that dream where it kind of combines the places where they're from and starts blurring these lines, but there always is this very real awareness of how the place where you're from really informs your actual character. Um, so yeah, I liked it. <laughs> I got into details. Um, but overall, you know, it's so good. Yeah, I absolutely loved this fic. Um, I think I probably mentioned this when we read Yellow Square! Yellow um, Square! Which, in case, uh, Ficklets, in case you haven't listened to that episode, the title is in all caps, which yeah. is why we say it like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I probably mentioned that episode that I have, uh, for the most part, only read Be A Few Fic, sort of when you guys have presented it to me. I'm not, um, super, super familiar. Like, I've watched a few videos, but I'm not as familiar with, like, the canon, I guess, as you guys are. Um, and something that I really liked about this fic in my very limited experience is um I absolutely loved the Ryan of it mm. in part because um so like Shane and Ryan their dynamic is like Shane is the skeptic and Ryan's the believer and Ryan is um in their videos like very frequently absolutely scared out of his mind um and what I really really loved about this fic is it let him be sort of like fully you know like a believer he's the one who is like the Mothman did this to us um, he's afraid, like, a lot of the times when they're filming things, a lot of his dreams, uh, center around his fear, um, and yet there are points, um, sort of later in the fic where Shane realizes that, like, Ryan is the braver one of the two, um, which I thought was just, like, so lovely, um, yeah, I thought the characterization was great, I thought, um, the way that the dreams were structured was really fun, um, there's a moment pretty early on, like, the first dream that they share, there's a whole thing where, like, um, there's a black ribbon in Ryan's hair, and then when he wakes up, um, that ribbon is in his hand, and, like, in the dream, Ryan had punched Shane in the shoulder, and Shane has a bruise, and I was like, <gasps> and it was so delightful because, like, kind of, uh, vaguely in the same vein as we were talking about with the previous fic, um, Sort of from the beginning, you as a reader know a little bit what's going to happen mm -hmm. um, in the sense that, like, okay, you understand at least in part how these dreams work. Like, you know mm -hmm. that they're 
are parts of them that come back into the real waking life and you know that it will take the characters a while to get there. Um, and the way that they get there is so good. Um, <laughs> I also now went on a tangent, but I really like the stick. <laughs> well, it's so good. Like establish the premise and then elevate the stakes is such classic storytelling, but it mm-hmm. is so effective here. I just, wow. Wow. Need a change, wow. <laughs> yeah, kind of going off what Reed was just saying about when we learned that they can sort of bring things from their dreams back into reality. Um, I thought that was such a clever sort of little twist on dream sharing too. This is not the only fic that I've seen do that. Um, especially not the only fic where it's sort of like you bring like physical things that have happened to you back into the waking world, like Shane's bruise. Although I haven't read very many where you can bring objects like the ribbon Ryan brings back or later on Shane's like hair is filled with glitter after a dream. Um, but I just really like the world building of these dreams. And in this fic, they don't know that these are happening to anyone else. This is not some societal thing where there's like, oh, that's what's happening to us. This dream sharing thing that happens. It's like, <laughs> no, it takes them a while to figure out that they're sharing dreams because that's not a thing that should be happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's sort of like... um the fic like teases the reader a little bit with Hmm. all of these things early on and sort of like reed was saying you know it's going to take a while for the reader or sorry for the characters to figure it out view the reader know earlier and it's not just through the narration it's through like the character's actual thoughts too shane has all these thoughts during the first dream about how this dream is weird Mm. and not like other dreams he's had um he like thinks it's weird that he realizes that it is a dream very early and very clearly he's like this is a dream that i'm in um he like realizes that it's kind of weird that he can recognize ryan as like really truly ryan he's like usually my dream people are like oh that's ryan but really it looks like i don't know tj and someone else Mm -hmm. and all these people sort of combined but he's like that's ryan and that's like really ryan um and then at one point so they're both sort of realizing this in the dream without realizing it at all that it's a dream they're sort of at this like alice in wonderland willy wonka-esque tea party um and shane's like this is really surreal and ryan's like yeah literally surreal because dreams aren't real and they're both like this is weird but it takes them so long to realize it (laughs) but i really like that i also like that it didn't make them sort of like bumbling fools either you know it like gives them competency in their dreams even as like the dreams are weird and somewhat out of their control. Mm-hmm. I think that's another thing that I thought was really interesting as well. They're both sort of partially in control of these dreams, but not fully in control of these dreams. The first couple that we see are very clearly sort of one person's dream. The first one is pretty clearly Shane's dream. The second one where they end up in the Sally house is pretty yeah. clearly Ryan's Ooh, nightmare. Boy. But then later on, there are these dreams where they're not really sure which one of them it is. There's sort of this weird Knoxbury Farm Jurassic Park mashup that seems like it could have really come from either of them or both of them. Mm-hmm. And then there's a point sort of towards the end of it where Ryan makes a choice. And there's this line in the narration that like, Ryan liked the choice he made, but something out there didn't. And I think it's this really interesting moment where we realize not only is it a combination of both of them dreaming together, but there is some weird cryptid nonsense going on yeah. that's also contributing. And I think it's just such a good, like, BuzzFeed unsolved uh-huh. mashup, you know? I was going to say, like, one uh, one little moment that really stood out to me that I really liked is in a dream that starts pretty nominally in Shane's head, where they're 
Um, I can't remember the exact year, but they're, like, in a European town in the, like, I don't know, 1700s. There's a dancing plague. Mm, they're in France somewhere, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's France. Um, and it, it starts as, like, it's in Shane's head. Like, this is something I guess he's talked about mm-hmm. in videos before. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's um, ruining hips Many times. Episode. Many times, yeah. Um, but then, like, Ryan, like, doesn't really, like, love the dream, so he kind of shifts it, and then they're at a club. Um, and it mentions in the fic that, like, even though they're still at this point where, like, they don't really realize, like, what these dreams are, Shane kind of panics because he feels the dream sliding out of his, like, control, mm-hmm. um, which I really liked. Like, I thought that was a really good moment that it isn't it isn't so black and white as, like, okay, now we're in Shane's head, now we're in Ryan's head. Because yeah. some of the dreams, like you said, are like that, and some of them are very much not. And I liked that I think that was the first time that was presented to us, that it's not just these set places um, and in their heads in a specific way. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think something I found really interesting is that Unsolved Fic seems to be undecided as to whether Ryan believing in the supernatural in an actual supernatural situation would hinder him. For example, possibly, we're not sure, um, Yellow Square, uh, which we <laughs> talked about a little bit. When there's like some shenanigans going on, he is scared out of his mind. Um, but then in this fic, it also potentially gives him an advantage because he's the one who is looking at the entire situation and not ruling out possibilities. Um, there's a really, really, really great scene that um, I think we'll talk about at some point. Probably, maybe now, maybe later. <laughs> Let's do it now. <laughs> Let's do it right now. Where they have, so uh, we referenced this dream that they have at Knott's Berry Farm, um, which there's an actual video of the two of them at Knott's Berry Farm trying every berry-flavored thing. It's cute. Um, berry boys. Yeah, berry boys. It's very <laughs> cute. Um, so that's kind of the reference here. But partway through, um, they're is a T-Rex that <laughs> appears. Um, and then after that, there's some shenanigans that they get into. But um, the part I want to talk about is right after the dream, where at the very end of the dream, before they wake up, Shane has essentially been attacked by this T-Rex. Like, like big yikes attacked. Like, that's probably a fatal wound attacked. And then they wake up, and there is just blood everywhere. Um, and Ryan is trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Whose blood is this? He's kind of figured out that they're dreaming together at this point. And Shane seems to have been very much in denial of it, in denial of it, and then is slowly starting to cotton on. Um, Shane has this jagged scar on his chest where Ryan's like, yeah, this is indisputable. Like, listen to me, son, this is supernatural. Shane's like, I had a nosebleed. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there is this really, really fascinating aspect of the skeptic where the shell that he builds around himself and this absolute distrust in anything that's not something that he can, like, see or explain suddenly becomes actually, like, cowardice and fear and, like, prickliness. And they get into a pretty big argument after which Ryan just storms out and is like, fine, if you want to keep doing this, like, I want nothing to do with you. Because Shane's like, oh, we can go back to sleep. It'll probably seem silly in the morning. And Ryan's like, fuck you, essentially. Yeah. Um, It's really, really good. And I thought it was super interesting because it's always a toss-up as to what the dynamic actually is going to be in an unsolved fic, depending. And I love the way that um, Be the Change decided to play it in this one and i think like that also sort of brings us into what shane and ryan's relationship really looks like in this fic and how they sort of try and confront this issue um that scene is sort of ryan's first real attempt at confronting shane about what he thinks is going on Mm. 
And he gets pretty mad about it. And then they go back to LA and he's still pretty mad about it. And Shane hasn't really apologized. So he sends him like a Google calendar invite. that's like, <laughs> fuck you, talk to me, basically. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't accept this, I'll murder you. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly yeah. what it says. Um, and basically like goes over to his house and like lays all the evidence out. And, like, that scene, I think, is handled really, really well. Mm -hmm. So after Ryan basically lays out all of his evidence as to why they're dreaming together, Shane, for the first time, is basically like, I believe you. Like, it's... It's hard for me because this is so absolutely whack, but, like, I believe you. Um, and Ryan seems sort of taken aback and surprised. And it says, um, it couldn't be clearer that Ryan had come here expecting Shane to fail him. And he'd come anyway. It must have taken every ounce of courage he had. Shane would never have done it. He'd have swept it under the rug and avoided and made excuses. Um, and... It's just a very good characterization of them. Like, it takes Shane a hot sec to sort of get his head out of his ass and, like, realize yeah. what's going on. And also realize that, like, he hurt Ryan by not believing him in the face of, like, pretty big evidence. Um, so Shane's basically like, Shane's finally like, I believe you. Mm -hmm. um, and Ryan's like, okay, let's, like, run an experiment. Like, let's sleep in the same place because that's the only time that these dreams have happened and let's see what happens um and when he comes back they end up like hooking up and shane's like why didn't you just sort of like tell me that you wanted to hook up um he's basically like you have turtled into your shell so fast my head would spin and then before i even knew what happened we'd be just two dudes who make awkward small talk over the water cooler um and shane basically has to admit like ryan's right um and a lot of, like, these later moments are Shane having to admit Ryan's right. Yes. But I think it does do a really good job of, like, sort of showing what you were talking about, Nick, of, like, the downsides to Shane being the skeptic. Um, and Ryan being the one who, like, even if he's scared, has the, like, ability to see these things that might be going on. And I think that's mirrored between, like, both the supernatural and then, like, also their relationship. Yeah. Which is one <laughs> of the things I love about BFU fic! Oh! I also, like, have that quote pulled, like, when I was reading, because it, st it stood out to me as such a good scene. Um, and just, like, right after that, like, right after Ryan calls him out and he's like, you would have turtled. Um, like, he says, like, don't act like this is some chill, chill thing. Like, I'm scared shitless. And um, Shane says, you know, you're right. That's exactly what I would have done. Being flippant about this, being funny is all I know how to do. And it's one of, it's, this is towards, like, the very end of the fic. And I think it is, like one of the first moments of, like, real vulnerability from Shane, um, especially in the waking life, um, mm -hmm. because there's a bit, I th I think it's the second dream that they share. They go to um, the Sally house, which is, that's one of the episodes I watched. It's, <laughs> it's fucking so terrifying. It's one of the few, like, truly freaky yes. BFU episodes. It and is I so would highly scary. recommend it to anyone who wants to understand the series. Check it out. Yeah. But in, in this fic, um, Ryan sort of, it's a, it's a place that Ryan comes back to a lot. It's like a nightmare that he has all the time. And it doesn't always play out the exact same, but pretty much the themes are like, he's trapped in the house, he can't leave. He goes to the basement where there's a pentagram and like one way or another, like Shane dies. Mm. Um, but when they share this dream and they're in this space together, like Shane sort of builds them like a space of protection um, that they're hiding in together. And uh, the reason I bring this up is because I said that you know, this this admission from Shane is one of the few moments of vulnerability when they're awake, but that bit in the Sally house where um, they're in a bed together with, like, sort of, like, gauze around them and they know there are demons outside that are just whispering all these horrible things and Ryan is freaking out and Shane's like, hey, it's okay, like, I'm here, I've got you, um, was so, like, 
that was also so vulnerable of him, but he didn't realize. Like, he didn't realize that it was a space that they were both sharing, a thing that they both knew. Um, and so to see him be open when he's sort of confronted face-to-face with Ryan in reality is yeah. a lot. It's very impactful. Yeah, I think one of the reasons dream sharing is a trope is so good and so popular is partially because I think with fan fiction, especially fiction in general, but especially with like fanfic and tropes and stuff, we are constantly asking the question of like, what would this story look like with the walls down? There's this like obsession with vulnerability um, to the point where you try and just strip every like every wall, every defense away from a character and then see what happens and see who they are and see what they look like and see what choices that they would make at that point. Because I think at some point too, there is this question of like ourselves as we're reading of like, what would I look like if I didn't have like this defense mechanism or this wall up? Um, What could that look like? What could that yield? Because in fic so often it is like love and support and connection more than anything else. Um, And I think this fic does a really good job of navigating. Like it doesn't pull everything down because that's not always necessarily possible, but it does provide the circumstances in which they're, you don't need the defense mechanisms in the same way. Um, I don't know. I think it's interesting. And I think this is a trope that shares um, those aspects with like a lot of other tropes, right? Where you've got like truth serum Mm -hmm. or whatever, like that's a classic, even like some of like the more intense, like wump or whatever, (laughs) Uh, beat them up physically and then see what happens emotionally. I just think it's interesting. Yeah. I think one thing I also really liked about this fic is it doesn't really give them an easy out. Mm. Um, Ryan, after he explains this whole theory about them sharing dreams, um, Shane's like, okay, but, like, how do we fix it, essentially? And Ryan's like, I think the Mothman wants us to fuck. (laughs) And Shane's like, that is objectively nonsense. (laughs) Um, Anyway, they do hook up. It doesn't solve the dreams. The dreams kind of get in the way of them having a healthy relationship because some of them are, like, kind of fucked up. And they don't. Um, the fic doesn't show us every dream that they have. It stops showing them to us for a while, but we can sort of see the toll that it's taking on both of them individually and their relationship. And then Ryan's like, I think we have to go back to Point Pleasant and the Mothman. And Shane's like, that is objectively (laughs) nonsense. Um, but they do. And like, it does sort of solve it. But I love that it's not that first getting together that solves it because I think that that's the road a lot of fics take. It's like, oh, you've realized you're together. So like, that's the basically end goal of the trope I put in. So like, we're good now. And I like that this one didn't make it that easy for them. And sort of that it followed through on its, like, commitment to the cryptid. Um, and, like, I think the last thing I sort of want to touch on is just, like, I think this fic does a really good job of having some sort of meta about, like, humanity and dreams and what it means to be, like, a human who dreams. And yeah. um, there's these moments during the fic that it, like, touches on, like, why do we do certain things? Why do we have certain, like, sort of existential fears or dreads or wants? Um, and then the very last little bit, and, like, Boop, 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 boop. Spoiler <laughs> horns. Um, if you haven't read it, go, go. It took go. me a second to realize what you were doing. <laughs> it was my Morse code spoiler <laughs> horn. Oh, nice. Um, if you haven't read it, go read it before I say this because it does sort of like spoil the ending, but I want to talk about it. Um, at the very, very end, you get a little bit of a POV from the Mothman. <laughs> 
And I think it provides such a nice sort of counter to the previous commentary about humanity from this sort of outside look. And it says, the creature does not eat flesh or plants or any worldly thing. It feeds on human energy, on feeling, on potential realized rather than squandered, on secrets laid bare and chances taken, on what the mortals call love, but which is really time, time spent and time promised. The creature admires the humans who are doing their best as they flit in and out of the world. It is fond of them in its limited way. And in the end, they've all three gotten what they wanted. Mm. And I think by like bringing us out of Shane and Ryan and like into this sort of more distant, weird POV. Yeah. It provides such a nice little ending note on like what what these dreams provided to them and like what their relationship can be. And I think it's truly one of the reasons that this fic has stuck with me and why I love it so much. So that was the denial twist. It's a fic about dreaming about the strange and absurd in this world. Um, and I guess like how you can find love and relationships in the midst of all that. So I would, as always, yeah. um, I would recommend it. <laughs> but truly, it is one of my favorite fics. And I was super excited to get to talk about it on this pod. Yeah, so that wraps up our episode for Brenna's birthday. Hi, Porns. Just wanted to make them a little different from our, our spoiler horns. <laughs> and also your Morse code. Yeah. Morse yeah. code horn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, um, consider going to Apple, leaving us a review. Um, tell your friends about it. Retweet the pod. You know. Help help a small creator out. <laughs> yeah. So you can find us at our usual socials on Twitter and on Tumblr at FitClick. Um, we also recently wrapped up a couple projects at the beginning of this month. So we did our um, Top Fix of the Decade, which is a mini-sode. And then we also have lists out on our Tumblr, both from us and then from a bunch of you listeners. Um, and then we also did a rec exchange. So thank you so much to everyone who participated in that. We had a lot of fun running it. Um, and there's also a list of all the recs from that up on our Tumblr. So there's a lot of things for you to go check out if you haven't seen them yet. I think hopefully you'll find some more cool fix in those. Um, and if you want to help promo any of those, that would also be great. We realize that you probably listen to a lot of podcasts where they ask you to do things like this. <laughs> uh-huh. But we um, are special. But we are special. So yeah. do it for us. <laughs> We're very cute and nice. <laughs> and yeah. deserve your love. <laughs> <laughs> No, but in all seriousness, like that is really the only way for small podcasts to continue to grow and to find more people. And we really love our little community and want to see it keep expanding. And we have a lot of fun ideas we're excited about. We want to keep sharing them with more and more people. So thank you so much to everyone who has retweeted episodes, who has reviewed you make us so, so happy. We We love you you. all so very much. (laughs) That too. (laughs) Um, Hey, Nick. Why don't you tell us about next episode? Oh, sure. So this episode is Brenna's birthday. Um, Coincidentally, next episode is my birthday. We are actually slightly under two weeks apart, birthday-wise. Wow, how cute. We are different star signs, though. That's true. That will give you a clue as to when our birthdays really are for that puzzle you've been working on all episodes. Yeah, it's very important And if you need an extra clue, you can check out our official TM FitClick quiz on BuzzFeed, where we do mention all of our star signs. That's true. That is a question. Yeah, Yeah, hit us. 
us up there. Hopefully you get me. Um, <laughs> Brutal. It's okay. Um, yeah, so it is my birthday later this month. So for our last episode of January, we are doing another themed ep based on one of my favorite tropes. <laughs> Um, okay, it sounds like a joke, and it also sounds like something some of you might not want to listen to, but I promise it's going to be really good. Um, the episode is going to be on major character death. Um, please let me make my case. <laughs> I have a reason. It's not just angst all the time. Um, I honestly am really excited to talk a little bit about this trope and, like, why it's important to me. I feel like I only ever joke about it, but some of my favorite fics, um, do actually look at, like death and grieving as like a way of healing and like moving forward so um please anticipate that look forward to it it's gonna be fantastic should we talk about what fix we're gonna do for it yeah um i also want to preface that like the fix we've picked as far as my knowledge like they're not all like nick was saying they're not all just like super angst sad like Mm -hmm. they are um much like this episode which was different takes on dream sharing they are all different takes on major character death as a Mm -hmm. tag too so again if that sounds like a scary (laughs) trope like please just give us a chance to pitch them to you our goal is to like show you what it can look like and some really cool fic that uses it not to just like make you cry for a solid three hours or something correct i mean we'll do that for you uh, yeah you could do that you could join me in sort of my eternal weeping but you know yeah we promise not to make you too too sad yeah probably probably. (laughs) (laughs) um so with that being said nick why don't you share your pick oh i'd love to okay so my pick is called the wee small hours by chandry it is a critical role fic and it doesn't have like a pairing pairing like it sort of does but it centers around the friendship between percy and vax in campaign one read um yeah my pick is the monsters without by karukia um, it's Rooster Teeth Achievement Hunter. It is a Left for Dead AU. Nice. Um, oh, and it's, um, Gavin Ryan. And Brenna. Yes, mine is This Has Already Happened by Molly Amory and Speranza. Um, it is a MCU fic. It is loosely, uh, Steve Bucky, but, like, dude, the pairing here is not, like, the point of this fic. <laughs> um, it is... One of the wildest things I've read in a while. I'm so freaking excited to discuss it. Yay, it's going to be good. I'm excited. Sick. Good episode, everyone. (laughs) I think we nailed it yet again. Another slam dunk. Happy birthday, Brenna. Happy birthday. (laughs) Yay. And thank you to all of our ficlets for joining us on this ride so far. Um, We hope you keep listening and supporting. Uh, As Nick said, we stand you. Bye! <laughs> <laughs>